Welcome back to Taiwan Talk on ICRT FM 100. I'm Ryan Drillsma, and today I speak to Mark Xu, founder and chairman of consulting agency and back office service provider 11th Fleet. In this episode, we discuss outsourcing and service provision, the evolution of business practices in the new age, and what Taiwan can offer new businesses. Okay, so first of all, welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And as I will have mentioned in the introduction to this podcast, Mark Xu is the founder of consulting agency 11th Fleet. So today we're going to talk about the business environment in Taiwan. But first, I want you to start by telling us a bit about 11th Fleet itself and how that came to be. Sure. I mean, I think you could think of 11th Fleet as a one-stop shopping what I usually call um, sort of your back office solution provider at the zero to one stage. And um, it really started because I've been, you know, in the Taiwan kind of startup ecosystem for a good 10 to 15 years now. And I think in Taiwan, within the startup context, a lot of people talk about, you know, um, you know having an ecosystem, uh, referring ourselves to uh, Silicon Valley. And so one of the, you know, kind of emphasis behind uh, Lumsley was really like for an ecosystem to be complete, it's really not just about the capital or the entrepreneurs. Really, Silicon Valley is what Silicon Valley is because it has a very complete kind of uh, ecosystem of service providers. And of course, in Taiwan, if you've done business in Taiwan, especially if you're non-Taiwanese, you, you do find it kind of challenging. And so that, that, that was one reason. And the secondary reason was just that, you know, there is a global uh, sort of talent shortage. And... Um, you know, and I saw that whenever I headed back to the States. And I just kind of thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could kind of convince some of these companies, you know, in Silicon Valley to set up in Taiwan, where although Taiwan is a small market, but when it comes to, like, the labor market, it is not small because it has 23 million people. So I thought that, you know, that that was really, um, you know, the reason why I started it was. Okay, and you say uh, Silicon Valley, for example, is much like an ecosystem. It's about the services it offers, and you offer a lot of services for your clients, payroll, mm -hmm. recruitment, investor outreach. Would you say 11th Fleet is unique in Taiwan in that it's one of the few organizations that offers this combination of things to business owners? That's right. I mean, I think in the U.S., especially in Silicon Valley, things are, you know, startups can move so quickly because uh, the founders can just focus on, you know, what is essential for the business and they can outsource uh, everything, right? Uh, obviously legal, um, sort of payroll, HR, back office. They don't even need to hire like a CFO. Many startups work with outsourced CFO. And so in Silicon Valley, you know, these are all very kind of unique. In Taiwan, lastly, you know, Kind of because we're we're at the uh, fledging stages of this ecosystem. Eleventhly is currently sort of a one-stop shop, but that that's the idea. Is really that you know I think in order to move quickly, um, you know Taiwanese startups or Taiwanese businesses in general need to kind of get used to or kind of adopt this idea of you know outsourcing the uh, non-core item. Do you think this kind of outsourcing is more efficient than the traditional ways that businesses are run here? I, I think so, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, um, you know, one of the reasons I, I, I did this was because I had been an operator of uh, many sort of small businesses as well, and I just found that, well, 
you know, I was spending a lot of time and energy just on, you know, accounting, on a lot of miscellaneous sort of admin stuff that, that while important, was not additive to the business. And then, then gradually over time, I got to a scale where, uh, in my business, where I could have one or two people dedicated to doing just the admin, right? But I think if you're just starting out, um, you know, um, you know, you don't have the skill, and yet, you know, I see many, many businesses hire just one or two people just to deal with with the admin when they're not even, you know, at that stage where they could, you know, cover their costs. So I think um, not only it's from a cost perspective, but also from a speed perspective, right? And I, I think in the context of startups, you just need to, to move very, very quickly. Okay, so can you describe in some more detail some of the services that you offer to business owners, um, who you outsource these things to, mm-hmm. and who are some of the partners that you work with? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, um, we work with, I think, um, in terms of partners, we work with three primary parties. One are CPA firms or licensed accountants. Uh, secondly, are, you know, we work, work currently with a legal firm. And then thirdly, we work with individual bookkeepers. And what we do, especially I think for the foreign community, is that um, I think we're able to, for example, maintain the book in English using software that, um, you know, is, out, you know, uh, for example, Zero and QuickBooks. So I think, you know, one of the advantages or w- w- what we offer that is unique is that, you know, for uh, the foreign company or the foreign entrepreneur, they're able to better look at, you know, the health of their business, which I think up until very recently was uh, very, very cumbersome to do because what you need to do is, is outsource to your Taiwan kind of uh, bookkeeper or accountant, and then usually the software, if there is a software at all, is, you know, obviously in, in Chinese. So I think just the fact that um, we're able to provide sort of a very kind of readable, um, you know, financials for, for the business owner, um, that is already a huge Can you talk about some of the businesses that you have helped cultivate and how your services benefited them? Sure, sure. Um, There are three uh, businesses that come to mind. One is um, a company, um, you know, done by Peterson, who who is a a longtime resident of Taiwan, had embarked on his startup with Pecker Learning. And I think, you know, we were able to help them just, you know, kind of demystify the whole process of just starting a company in, in Taiwan, you know, although he had been here a long time, but, you know, he, this was, was his first uh, startup venture. Uh, and so what Woodpecker Learning was, uh, you know, it's a language learning app. It's doing very well. Um, so, you know, I think by being the doc office, we allowed Peter to just focus on, you know, what was relevant for developing out an, an, an app. Uh, so he didn't have to hire anyone else other than his core team of engineers and uh, designers. Okay, so for new businesses, you're sort of taking the strain of having to deal with all these other things that they might not have expertise in, and then outsourcing them to people who know what they're doing, essentially. That's right, that's right. I mean, essentially, you know, it, it allows, like, for example, a small company, like a startup, to save on a headcount of having like an office manager or an assistant. Do you think that businesses in Taiwan are moving towards this model? I think um, my feeling is that eventually uh, Taiwanese businesses will also need to adopt this mindset of outsourcing. And, you know, I I can already see it in the last two years. Um, I I think the job market here is very, very tight. 
you know, if you ask any business owner who's trying to hire, um, you know, like a, a millennial, like a recent grad, um, one is you find that that's very difficult to find candidates. Number two is that the starting wage is now um, relative, you know, substantially higher than a few years ago. And then number three, I think it's like, you know, young people these days, um, they're very choosy about, you know, their jobs, right? So they don't want to be stuck in a very mundane position. Um, so I think business owners will eventually need to embrace, you know, outsourcing, right? Um, and the easiest part to outsource really are the more kind of, you know, routine tasks, right? Such as payroll, uh, you know, general admin, compliance. Um, and in the U.S., um, you know, this is a huge thing um, that, uh, you know, they're like, uh, they call it, you know, kind of adopting software as a service. Uh, they're doing payroll as a service, HR as a service, you know. So it, it's, I think, in response to this, this sort of shortage of talent globally. For business owners, um, for those who have been in the business world for a while and they're used to this traditional business model, would this give them less control over their business or would, would there be any chance of miscommunication? Because obviously not everybody is in the same building at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think there are concerns and there are challenges, but I think a lot of it's really just kind of not having a firm understanding of how outsourcing works. Um, I think the biggest, con you know, like the, the, the topic that I often um, see the most that's kind of relevant to this, but um, is really like, for example, Taiwanese companies really want to store like any information locally on their servers, right? Whereas like in the West now, you know, it's very clear that if, um, the company can just outsource to Amazon or Microsoft or Google and just put everything in the in the cloud, right? And then the Taiwanese business owner's argument is that, oh, you know, what happens if you get hacked um, and the information is on the cloud, right? But clearly, um, in uh, recent months, you know, there have been uh, attacks on Taiwanese companies, um, you know, large Taiwanese companies who posted their data locally. And, and my argument, you know, my counter argument to this is like really, I mean, over time, does any one individual company or can any one individual company really back up, you know, and be competitive with Amazon, Google, and, you know, Microsoft, right? So what I mean is, I, I don't think, let, let's ask the hackers to stop. They won't stop. Um, they'll con still continue, right? But I guess my point is just that it's very difficult now because, um, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, they, they're the ones who have the budget to hire the best sort of, uh, you know, cybersecurity experts and, uh, and, and the tools. So actually, you know, this trend of outsourcing um, will, will continue, right? Because people who are specialists, companies or people who, are, who specialize in something over time will e achieve sort of an e economy of scale. And this is, you know, like kind of, it's the antithesis of like this Taiwanese thinking. The Taiwanese is always about control, but I think over time, you know, it's, it's, in, in my opinion, it's, there's no question that you know the current trend will prevail, right? Just because we we're now moving to a world of incredible specialization. Right. Right. Okay. So I want to move on to discussing doing business in. Taiwan in general. What do you think makes the business environment in Taiwan friendly to international entrepreneurs? Are there particular policies or incentives that can assist people? Mm -hmm, yeah. I mean, to be very frank, you know, Taiwan's not the easiest place on first glance. But I think what attracts 
you know, what makes Taiwan Taiwan and what, what attracts people who are not from Taiwan to stay in Taiwan is really the fact that, you know, Taiwan is very unique and it's a place that really grows on you. I think, you know, especially for the ICR, ICRT community, you know, I think a lot of people can attest to that. And it's a place that you want to root for. So I think, you know, that's, that's my honest opinion. It's like, you know, on first glance, you know, like Taiwan is not the easiest place uh, to do business, especially when you compare it to traditional hubs like Singapore and Hong Kong. But I think, you know, at least with many of our clients, you know, they have a personal linkage to Taiwan now and they just kind of want to do something, you know, they see themselves, you know, living here and they want to, you know, uh, give back or they want to start a business here and hire, you know, locally. So I think, you know, that that has a lot, you know, going for Taiwan. I mean, I think, you know, Taiwan is still an underdog, but I think it's, it's someone that I think many people will root for or want to root for. Okay, has 11th Fleet dealt with any entrepreneurs or startup owners that aren't necessarily long-term residents of Taiwan, so they, you know, they, they don't know that much about the place, mm-hmm. but they've identified a market in Taiwan mm-hmm. that they want to tap into? Um, I think, to be honest, it's, it's been difficult. When I first started this in 2019, one of, you know, the original vision was like, you know, knocking on some, you know, doors in Silicon Valley, convincing them, them that, you know, like all the way across the world, there's there's this, uh, you know, island nation with uh, lots of tech talent and maybe you'd consider uh, setting up like a hub in Taiwan. And to be honest, even pre-COVID, um, we found that to be a very, very difficult sell. And so by that time we had pivoted, we realized that, you know, the conversation needs to be with someone who is already familiar with Taiwan. Um, and so um, for us, it was really two groups of people, like what I call the hyphenated Taiwanese, like overseas Taiwanese, Taiwanese Americans, Taiwanese Canadians, Taiwanese Australians, et cetera. And secondly, um, we found that the, uh, you know, people who were familiar uh, with Taiwan were people from the neighboring countries, like, for example, Hong Kong, Singapore, they also face, you know, uh, a tech shortage or a tech talent shortage, and they um, were familiar with Taiwan's sort of uh, workforce, you know, highly educated, you know, with high integrity. So, so I think, um, to be honest, it, it's still very difficult for someone who's not familiar with Taiwan and, and say, hey, you know, I, I've heard good things and I just want to be in Taiwan. I, I think um, usually our experience is there's someone, let's say, within the organization that's somewhat familiar with Taiwan. And, and is an advocate, and then we come in and say, "Oh, you know, here's the here's the regulatory side. We can help you set up." But I think you know someone needs to make the case for for Taiwan. What sort of businesses do have a better chance of succeeding in Taiwan? I think you know um, Taiwan is a small market, um, um, so I think if you're the business that's predicated on a large market, you know, like scale, then it doesn't work too well from Taiwan. From Elam's perspective, what we're really pitching is that. Taiwan is a great place to build a hub, and it can help your business, um, you know, in your home market or globally. Um, and I think, um, in general, I think, um, you know, Taiwan's workforce is very, very diligent. You know, so, so what we tell, you know, quite frankly, is that, you know, if you're looking for, like, a visionary, an architect, and you're hoping to hire that person out of Taiwan, that may be a bit of a stretch. But if you're looking for a team that, you know, works well, that will, you know, um, sort of execute on, on the vision and, you know, and, and then kind of work with integrity, work hard. Those types of positions 
can be filled in in Taiwan. What are some common mistakes you see startups make in Taiwan, and how do you make sure your clients don't fall into the same traps? Yeah, I think in general, the Taiwanese startups, I, I feel like、um, they just think about the Taiwan market, and and again, I think you know, in our conversation, Taiwan is a is a small place,、uh, so I think if they're Hyper local, then that that that's going to be a problem because the market is only so big. So obviously, when I think,、um, like for example, foreign prospective clients come, you know, to Taiwan or they learn about Taiwan and、um, they kind of assume that all Taiwan looks like Taipei, then then I, I begin to point out that you know Taiwan, although、um, Taipei is very very affluent, the whole country does not look like Taipei, right? And, It's、um, you know Taipei probably has like comparable spending power as Hong Kong, Singapore, but you can't extrapolate that out to all 23 million people. Taipei is maybe you know like seven seven million in,、uh, Taipei in Taipei City.、Um, so that that's one right. And、um, again, our premise is really just that Taiwan you know has、um, a great pool of knowledge workers, and I think you know if, if the idea is leveraging. Knowledge workers, and I think it could work、uh, in, in Taiwan.、Yeah. Okay, finally, just because you mentioned earlier that people who tend to invest in Taiwan already have this knowledge of the place, the challenge seems to be how does Taiwan get more people to know more things about Taiwan itself? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, for people in the know, like in the semiconductor industry, the PC or the you know mobile handset industry, you know, they they are aware, but obviously only a very small subset of People work in those industries, right? So, I think you know it. It needs to be kind of like、uh, you know, multiple parties need to be involved. I think you know, obviously the government has done、uh, like I think a good job in recent years in trying to promote the country, but、uh, it's something that that just requires time. I'm hoping that you know the 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 private sector, that is you know Taiwan's entrepreneurs or Taiwan-based entrepreneurs. Can really kind of blaze new paths and、um, build great companies, and then let the world know that that company you know, was built in Taiwan. So I think the best way is really for the private sector to step up and you know to to achieve success, and then and then this way I think you know、um, the success you know will breed further success, right? People you know start asking you know how are you able to do this and whatnot, and you know and hopefully. Uh, one day we'll, we'll, you know, the world will notice Taiwan that way. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Mark. If people want to find out more about your organization, Eleventh Fleet, and the services you offer, where can they find this? Yeah, just go to our website. It's triple w dot eleven, like the number eleven one one fleet f l e e t dot com. All right. Well, thank you again for speaking to us today. That was Mark Shu, founder and chairman of consulting agency and back office service provider Eleventh Fleet. Thanks for listening, and catch us next time for an all new episode. Hi, I'm Ryan Drilsma, and I'm Trevor Tordemasi, and we're the co-hosts of Taiwan Talk. You can catch our show on ICRT every Monday during the 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. newscasts. Or you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, SoundOn, or wherever you might usually find podcasts. New episodes are uploaded every Monday night. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with a new guest.